Hear the whispers from within, battles to restore, ailings to relieve. Feel the nature keeping us, nature healing us, flowers, leaves, and rules within. Hear the mind calming you, soothing you, love and kindness inside out. Let the herbs from middle world heal, welcome wellness, welcome wellness. It's Reveal Herbs, Middle World Herbs. In today's episode, we're gonna focus on brain and cognitive health. And we'll be talking with an expert about mental acuity um, and some recent research about human memory and focus. Also, stay tuned to learn secrets to the top cognitive performance, because I know we all want that. <laughs> My name is Deanne and I'm your host today. I am joined with our special guest, Dr. Jackie Leone, a naturopathic medical doctor, board certified holistic nutritionist, and a psychology enthusiast. Welcome, Dr. Jackie. And of course, I thanks for joining you. us. On yeah, it's always good to have you back. And I'm excited to learn about brain and cognitive health with our series today. It's one of my so favorite would you topics, mind? I have to be honest. Oh, good. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very scatterbrained today, so I'm going to pay major attention, probably pause <laughs> and one in a little bit here. Um, would you tell us before we even start a little bit about your journey into naturopathic medicine? Of course. Uh, for those of you who have been here in previous weeks, I hate to be redundant, but for anybody new who's just joining us, um, the short, the clip notes of it all is essentially just suffering with a lot of digestive issues and anxiety and depression as a child and young adult um, and didn't really know what to do. Took a break from college to focus on work and by the grace of the universe, I got a job in a natural healing clinic and just watching other people get well. Um, they extended services to me. I got well between herbs and supplements and acupuncture, uh, mind-body medicine, just really learning how to relax, which I think is difficult for a lot of people, um, was so important in my mental health. And I just knew, I knew in that year of my life, it's what I needed to do. I wanted to share it with the world and I wanted to help people um, with as much information and support as I could in the field. So I just, that's when I found medical school, naturopathic medical school, um, and just kind of kept going from there. So slowly but surely, I keep getting more and more credentials, but it's, it really is just fun for me to be honest with you. So, you know, I'm a work in progress, but, uh, I continue to evolve as we all do and just share everything that I get to pick up with all of you here. So that's yeah. Clip notes. So awesome. Yay. That's <laughs> perfect version. All right. Well, before we even jump into all our questions, I want to introduce two of our amazing brain and nerve supporting supplements from middle world herbs and we have our um, stacked up today this is our middle world cognitive support middle world cognitive support and then i also have middle world this one middle world mushrooms and i have a brand new addition this is our sleep support formula this one is actually going to be released in february so you're just getting a little sneak peek sleep support coming soon so keep an eye out 
for that one. Plus, I'm gonna be giving away a free bottle of the cognitive support. And all you have to do is win our game of trivia. And it, we usually have multiple choice, so you have a really good chance of winning. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to hit the follow button and stay connected with us. If you've done it already, thank you. We really appreciate it. That's how we grow and more people find us on Amazon Live. So make sure you guys have followed. And if you haven't already, it takes like one second. You just click follow and we'll appreciate that. So let's start with the basics of brain health. Dr. Jackie, we all forget things once in a while or occasionally struggle to focus. So when is it normal and when should we be concerned? So, all forgetting things is natural. It's just kind of a part of life. That word or that person, that song, that movie, um, the, the task we had to do, um, who borrowed our car that day. These are all things that can kind of lapse our memory. Um, and that stuff is normal. So the way that you know that it's beginning to potentially be a sign of pathology or a problem is when it's reoccurring. So it's when the severity or consistency gets turned up. Are we forgetting, you know, maybe normal things that we used to do all the time, where we put things in our home, our way to work, navigating very familiar spaces, uh, doing daily tasks? Are we uh, uncomfortable, confused, or forgetting those things? Are we forgetting people's names that we've worked with or, you know, live with our relatives? These are very clear signs that something is amiss. Now, is it necessarily cognitive decline or dementia? Uh, we don't really know. Um, the only way we know that kind of diagnosis is longevity. It, it's called chronicity. How chronic of an issue is it? And that can only be tracked really based on you as a person being able to take assessments throughout time. So um, that's usually the best way to know. If I take an assessment of my memory at 40 and then again at 45 and then again at 50, Am I in a relatively close range or is it showing a severe decline, right? And that's how I, you know, that's, I wish that there was like a blood test we could take for something like cognitive decline, but unfortunately it's so uh, subjective to the person experiencing it that the only way is to track assessment values. Assessments are the closest thing to lab tests that we can do when it comes to mental health, right? And so if, you or anyone you know is asking the same question multiple times uh, throughout a single uh, interaction. If you're getting lost in places, like I said, that are really familiar or you used to know well. Uh, if you're having trouble following directions or recipes, if you're usually a cook or a chef, um, more confused about what time of day, even the year, the president. Um, and and an, another really clear sign that it's just not a hiccup in memory or stress or something, that it's actual cognitive decline is self-care. Are we forgetting to bathe? Are we forgetting to brush our teeth? Are we um, you know, leaving burners on, on the stove, making it a safety hazard in our home? These are real ways to know that if we're putting ourselves in danger and it's affecting our quality of life consistently, then I would highly suggest seeking the care of a medical professional. Could you do those assessments at home or do you have to see a doctor? Cause I'm like, I want to do an assessment. They're, they're all online. There, there's a ton online um, by really credible institutions and they're super easy, whether they're visual or just questions to ask. So um, if you want to have a formal evaluation, the physician is going to be the best route. But if you want to do informal, just to kind of check and see how you're doing every year, 
um, which I highly suggest, or if you feel like you're, you're struggling, then definitely use the ones that are online. Just make sure it's a .org or .edu. So it's a credible resource and not a bias resource um, or a .com where they are looking to profit or something like that, where it's sincerely just information and quality assessments. That's really where you want to go if, if you choose to track at home informally. Um, but again, if there is a sincere concern, not just a curiosity, that's when I would reach out to my physician. Totally. Okay. And would you take the same, like if you went through a .edu every five years, you do the same one through that .edu or you could mix in that? Yeah, because, yeah. And that's a great question. Um, I would definitely for consistency's sake, stick with the same resource because they're probably going to ask slightly different questions and measure slightly different things um, between resources. So you can even take two or three assessments if you want to. And then I would save those results between those two or three resources. And then in a year from then, it's just like standard lab work. I want to check my lipids every year. I want to check my hormones every year, you know? And I don't think that there's anything wrong, especially if you have a family history of dementia and Alzheimer's to check every year, just like you would a standard physical or standard lab work. That's such good advice. Okay. I love that. Really um, a lot of people are saying they love that too. Hi everyone who's jumping on. All right. So what, and you guys can all ask questions too. those who are watching. I have questions, but feel free to type your questions in the chat too. Okay. So our next one, there's like a rule of thumb that everything goes downhill once you hit 40. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, it depends what you mean by downhill. So aging is real. Um, and you know, decline in certain biological factors is real. Uh, damage to DNA is real. And so I definitely don't believe in it's all downhill at 40. I've seen lots of patients and lots of people really push themselves to evolve in very different ways, mentally or physically later on in life. So it's very possible. Um, but the biological arc of a lifetime around 40 is when enzymes wane, which enzymes are responsible again for chopping things up like damage and helping new stuff grow in its place. And so if they're a little sluggish or there's just less of them available, then we will notice that impact, right? Um, also our body is not as concerned with procreation. And so sex hormones tend to tank. And when sex hormones go down, tissues change, um, elasticity, hair growth, you know, all of these factors are variables in the aging process. Um, and it's just biological. So at the at the end of every chromosome, you have a, a little marker called a telomere. It's called a telomere. Feel free to look it up. And every time that um, duplicates, right, which we get new hair cells all the time. We get new nail cells. That's why we need to trim our nails, right? That's why we need to trim our hair. And so as that cell replicates over and over again, the telomere gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And when there's no more telomere, it, it can't replicate any longer, right? And so it's permanently lost. And so the length of the telomere directly depends on how often that cell has replicated. So if you're out in the sun constantly and you've had to have your you know, skin cells replicate and, and slough off damage and create melanin and protect you with vitamin and, you know, create vitamin D and all the things that skin cells do. Um, if your life has been in the sun, your telomeres will probably be shorter than somebody who wasn't in the sun. Same with alcohol and cigarettes and stress and bad food and just things that 
cause us to have to basically heal damage really fast, right? Like heal the lungs, heal the liver because we're drinking and we're smoking and heal the brain and heal the adrenal glands because we're constantly stressed out with cortisol. So the telomeres just continue to shrink. And so if you're 40 and you have a long telomere, you may biologically be 30. If you're 40 and you have a short telomere, you may biologically be 50. And it's really genetics and lifestyle are huge. So I know I went off on a bit of a tangent, but the answer is life is life and the life cycle is a life cycle. And 40 for all intents and purposes is about the halfway mark for the vast majority of people. So is it downhill? Um, in some ways, I wouldn't say downhill, but aging is inevitable. Um, but I will say that there are definitely protective factors that can make 40 the new 25 for sure. Uh, but it definitely, when it comes to brain and cognitive health, self-care, like I said, just not living hard and fast will help protect the brain and cognitive function. And you could be 40 and functioning like a 28 year old or 32 year old, you know, it's very, very possible. So the short answer is no, uh, but scientifically kind of, uh, I love it. All I can think about my, my 40th is in like three days. I'm like, <laughs> so it goes down, but it's going to go up, but it could go. <laughs> but you but, wear it well. Um, yeah. I mean, you wear it well. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I try to keep my mind very sharp, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do with aging, but we can do our best by, like you said, stay out of the sun. Don't live hard and fast, like mm -hmm. eat right, take the right supplements. So I think that I'm on the right path. And then, you know, my twenties, I probably was doing yes. more damage than I'm going to be doing in my forties. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm Most of people's thirties and forties is cleaning up the twenties, you know? Yes. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the game, but, um, there are tons of things we can do to not do the downhill. So for you, um, almost being, you know, being 40. So one of the best things we could do for cognitive health, at least is it's called neuroplasticity or the brain's ability to grow new neural connections, AKA learn new stuff. So if you learn a new skill, if you force yourself to drive home a different route from work every day or to your familiar places, um, if you plan tasks and make to-do lists and check them off and have calendars and keep notes, um, if you volunteer and stay involved in your community and meeting new people and having new conversations, uh, and then of course, brain teasers, which I love are super fun Sudoku and puzzles and crosswords and all of these things, as well as like you said, not living too fast or hard, exercising, eating well, these are all fantastic ways to keep the brain to kind of take your brain to the gym, if you will. You know, we take our bodies, but we don't really focus on the brain workout. And these, those are all fantastic ways to keep the brain, um, you know, young at heart. Such good advice. I love that. I love that. Anne is asking, what are the right supplements? Well, we are definitely going to get into those for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so we can talk about that. I have a couple more things about brain health and then let's jump into supplements. I think that's a really good idea. So is it true that we only use 10% of our brain? I've heard that. Is that true? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. So uh, there was this guy, William James, back in the early 1900s. He wrote a book. He was kind of this lofty science guy. And I think he was misquoted. And then it turned into kind of like this uh, urban legend, if you will, or like this, like this thing that we just um, choose to believe. You know, it's like a myth that caught wildfire for some reason, but he said, we're making, and I wrote this down. So 
pardon me while I look around, but uh, we are making use of only a small part of our possible mental and physical resources. And I think he was talking more about potential, but people took it literally, and then it snowballed into the 10% rule. But to be honest with you, there's just so many facts that back up the opposite. Like 20% of our caloric intake is utilized by the brain. Why would we evolve to have a fifth of all of our nutrition go to something that only is, functions 10% of the time, or we only utilize 10% of, right? That just doesn't really make sense. Also on brain imaging scans, we can see clearly that multiple parts of the brain, lots of parts of the brain, uh, sometimes 100% of the brain will light up with different tasks and different things, talking, walking, music, poetry, art, dancing, all of these things. Um, and so, you know, that's definitely a myth. We do not use 10% of our brain. We use substantially more, um, but the parts that we do use can just like physical parts. If you overuse a muscle, it's going to get sore and you can cause injury and then not be able to use that muscle or joint. Right? So it's the same with the brain. If we overuse an area of the brain constantly over time, degradation and damage can occur. And then we can notice deficits. So we can lose some function and aspects of our brain, but we are never just working at 10% capacity. No, 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 no. Okay. What about, um, does brain size affected intelligence? That's like another one you hear. Well, kind of, but not really. And so, you know, Albert Einstein had a normal volume brain. And a lot of people are like, ah, oh, but he was such a genius. It's like, well, yeah. So it, it's not necessarily size. If I, and then you have to think about what is size. Are we measuring the length of the brain? Are we measuring the depth of the brain, the circumference of the brain, the density of the brain? Because when we look at strictly size, um, you know, we can have a round ball that's full of air, or we can have a bowling ball the same size. They look the same, but one is substantially more dense, right? And that is really the best example I can give for the brain because it, it's not indicative of size necessarily. Um, it's indicative of density. How many neural nets do you have? How many, how much gray matter do you have or neurons communicating with each other do you have? And the more neural nets you have, the stronger your brain is, the more dense it is. And that is more reflective of intelligence than actual size. I mean, volume correlates so weakly um, that it's not considered, as far as I understand, scientifically significant, um, but it's about nine to 16% is the fact that I found uh, overall viability of brain size to intelligence, which is so low, 9%, you know? Um, so again, it's more about the density and then go that goes back to the learn a new skill, volunteer, have great conversations, meet new people, travel the world, new experiences, puzzles, games, all that stuff. That's what helps create density. Okay, cool. Gwen wants to know if you've had damage done, like concussions, maybe damage from alcohol or drugs, can that be undone? So it sounds like, so. I've done a little bit of research on traumatic brain injury. It's called TBI. Um, I'm not an expert in any way, but I will say um, some damage can only be recouped so much and other damage can be reversed. It depends on a few factors. Uh, one of the main factors is age. 
right? The younger we are, the faster we bounce back. So somebody having a TBI at four or 14 is very different than at 44, right? Um, somebody having damage to the brain due to alcoholism and drugs. Um, unfortunately, from what I've seen both professionally and personally, um, that does not come back regardless of treatment. So once the brain has atrophied, there's, there are certain organs in the body that once they've atrophied or shrunken uh, in size, we can't really regain. Again, we can't grow the brain in size or shrink the brain in size intentionally. Um, the shrinking is usually environmental, like concussions, alcohol, and drugs. But it's about what the matter we do have, how well it works, and how dense it is. So it really is unique to the individual and the concern. So, you know, a 60 year old patient with a history of, you know, massive concussion to the brain consistently, let's say because of domestic violence, long-term drug use, alcohol use, uh, and family history of dementia. We look at brain scans and their brain is 85% the size of a normal brain. That brain will never come back, right? But if we look at maybe, um, trauma to the brain, a brain bleed and causing maybe damage to brain tissue in a 14 or 17 year old who does have that window to bounce back, who the brain didn't shrink, but had some damage and had the time and space and support to heal itself. We can see them bounce back and live completely full lives and avoid things like dementia and Parkinson's. So it really is just so unique to the person in the scenario. Yeah, that's a good question, Gwen. Anyone else that has questions, put them in chat. That was such a good one too. Yeah. Um, what about are are people left-brained or right-brained? Is that a real thing? <laughs> are we dominated so, by a side? I love the left brain right th brain thing. I wish you could see the case on my computer. Uh, I have a left brain right brain thing. Uh, I love that whole concept and idea because we are kind of hardwired with physical location of certain things being in that area of the brain. Um, and we know that, you know, there, there is some truth to certain things happening in certain parts of the brain, right? Like speech and, and analytics, uh, verbal, you know, that's all left brain. Um, and we see different areas light up in the right brain when it comes to music and um poetry and things like that but then we're accessing the left because it's verbal right we're following the lyrics but then we're incorporating melody so v never are we just a single side we always require both to work in harmony it's which side are we maybe more comfortable in which side are we naturally do we have natural tendencies toward which side uh, but again every act is utilizing the whole brain in both hemispheres it's just you know people who love to talk might have a slightly larger left lobe, right? People who analyze might have a slightly larger left lobe. So that's the only difference that we see. And, and the reason we know that is because when people have strokes and they have damage to certain parts of the brain, we see that deficit, right? Because the left, for those of you who may not know, the left side of the brain actually controls uh, the right side of the body and vice versa, the right controls the left. So if people have damage in one hemisphere, we see the inability to move that limb on the opposite side. So we know that different areas of the brain uh, affect different areas of the body and thinking and things like that and processing information. Um, but by and large, people aren't a left brain person or a right brain person. We're whole brain people. We just have personality tendencies. Uh, and personality, believe it or not, 
is really the frontal lobe, which is the center of the whole thing. It's not a left or a right thing. It's right in the front. So um, we're more frontal lobe heavy than left or right brain heavy, I would say. Okay, very cool. All right, well, Ann had asked about supplements, and I would love to get into that. So, Ann, this one's for you. Um, I have with me the Middle World Cognitive Support right here. This formula includes 5 milligrams of alpha GPC and 125 milligrams of leaf extract from a small plant with beautiful white flowers called Bacoba monnieri and i might be butchering that but that's that's pretty much how i say it plus it has herbal extracts from jinko biloba and saint john's wort and a couple more now dr dr jackie will tell us a lot more about these plants and their properties in a moment each bottle contains 60 veggie capsules and you would take one per day it's 21.99 but during our live we give you an extra 20 percent off so you're going to get that on top of, it's also listed at $3 off right now. So you're going to get a really good deal on this. And let's spend a few minutes talking about Alpha GPC. So Dr. Jackie, where is all the excitement around Alpha GPC? Where does that come from? So Alpha GPC, um, it essentially, it works really fast. Okay. And it stimulates the release of acetylcholine and acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter or the chemical in the brain that's responsible for memory. So that's what we see most damaged, um, in memory impairment, right? Is acetylcholine receptors. And so it increases the cool thing I like about it is that it increases acetylcholine along with a little bit of a dopamine release. So not only are, our memory um, junction standing at attention, but now our reward system, which is fueled by dopamine. So now the fact that we're paying attention has a little bit of reward uh, you know, attached to it. And we tend to, just as human beings, the way that we function, really enjoy um, anything that's rewarding, AKA releases dopamine, right? Um, so be because it raises the dopamine levels, it's just been shown to help cognitive ability, prevent uh, cognitive damage like Alzheimer's um, and memory issues. It also, believe it or not, which I was really fascinated and went down a little wormhole on, um, increases physical performance because of all of those things, because it increases circulation and oxygen saturation, not just to the brain, but to the muscles and joints. So I thought that was really, really cool. That is cool. Um, Abby gave us a brain teaser. What flies without wings? I think I know the answer. No, uh -oh. yes. What flies without wings? A kite? I just thought the only thing I thought was time. Abby, is it time? Time for 500. <laughs> the answer time too. I think that's the answer. Awesome. Oh, no, my, my Mac is... What is and it? then Gwen wants to know, are there certain herbs or supplements used to target or combat dementia? If if dementia is hereditary, can it be avoided or is it just a matter of time before your brain starts to decline? That's a really great question. And I've studied that extensively because my grandmother passed from dementia. My mother recently was diagnosed with dementia. So it's a big, big concern for me personally. It's a very personal topic. Um, and yes, the short answer is yes, there are ways. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of herbs and a couple substances like mushrooms, bacopa, um, you know, there, St. John's wort, um, there are uh, rhodiola, there's so many, go to cola, man, I just keep coming up with them because ginkgo biloba, which I think you shared too. It's hard to um, say them all. So 
yeah, it is hard because they're all, you know, they're not based in, in English, but, um, yes, the short answer is yes. There are definitely ways to protect against it with substances. In my opinion, substances are supportive and lifestyle is foundational. And what I mean by that is if you live a fast and hard life and you are stressed out all the time, you don't sleep well, you don't eat well, you don't exercise, um, and you have high risk factors for dementia, no amount of supplement or substance you're taking will, will kind of combat that. We really need to start with a sound foundation of all of those pillars of health and then the supplements and substances really just give us that extra edge to prevent it, especially if it's genetic, um, if there's a genetic piece in your family to it. So it's kind of two sides of the same coin, but in, in my professional opinion with patients, um, it, it wasn't really until they changed their lifestyle pretty drastically in some cases. Um, like I'm talking quitting jobs, ending relationships that really were toxic or really harmful for their, you know, cognitive health, um, before we saw the supplements and the foods work as well as they could, because we weren't removing the root cause of the issue. Right. So, um, you know, it, it just, everybody is unique. Um, but the short answer is yes, as long as the foundation of health and lifestyle is there, supplements and other substances are fantastic. Okay, cool. No, that's a great question too. All right. I'm going to ask you one more and then James, go ahead and put Dr. Jackie on a full screen because I have to grab my laptop charger. So I'm going to have to run over real quick and grab it. So I will be <laughs> okay, listening to okay. the second half of your response, but I want to be able to see the chat and my laptop said low power mode. Um, all right. So we know that alpha GPC is a stimulant. So should we expect it to really affect us like coffee or is it just like, what does that mean when it's a stimulant? Okay. So, and go grab that charger girl. So, Thank you. Um, <laughs> it, technically what I understand of alpha GPC is it has stimulating effects, but it's not seen as a stimulant like caffeine. Caffeine stimulates the release of cortisol, which is our stress hormone, which should be slightly high in the morning, like high normal, not crazy high, couldn't sleep all night high, but ready to start the day and then low at night where it's like, okay, I don't have a lot of stress hormones circulating. Now I can rest and sleep. And so people who have a hard time getting to sleep tend to have a high cortisol at night and then they are really fatigued. So they have what's called an inverted uh, line of cortisol versus, you know, the normal high and then descent to low. So we take stimulants in the morning like coffee and, you know, ginseng or guarana or, you know, um, Red Bulls or Celsius or whatever your, your, uh, you know, substance of choices to really get the cortisol up to that functioning level. And alpha G GPC doesn't do that. Uh, it doesn't really affect cortisol production and give us that false sense of energy. What it does is release acetylcholine and dopamine, which gives us that reward memory and blood flow in the body. And by increasing circulation, Anytime we get more blood to any tissue, especially the brain, the body is happier. That's why we say to work out as doctors. It's not like, you know, to punish you and force you to do cardio. It's because where blood flow, where, where blood goes, nutrients and oxygen flow. And where nutrients and oxygen flow, healthy tissues exist. And so that's the value of exercise. So alpha GPC does not have the same stimulating effect as caffeine. And actually there was a double blind placebo 
um, study done between alpha GPC, caffeine, and then placebo effect, which means nothing, right? And all people involved, 10,000 people were tested. They were all given one of each, placebo, caffeine, and, and alpha GPC. And then they were asked to perform both mental and physical tasks. And consistently, time and time again, the people taking alpha GPC could jump higher. Granted, it was only a few inches, um, but still performance, right? And they could um, they could operate, uh, you know, like complex subtraction and multiplication two to three seconds faster. So, and that was just in the trial. That that was a cute case, right? Because they only studied that for a few weeks. So there aren't, as far as I know, especially in America, a lot of long-term cohort studies on alpha GPC for those types of things, but it looks super, super promising in the short term. It's just, is it, you know, it's still being studied here in the US. Uh, you know, other countries, especially European countries and things, um, actually utilize it as a medication. We're here, we still consider it a supplement. And so we're still kind of studying it. So it's in its kind of infancy to us here in the States, but research is super promising. So short answer is it's not a stimulant like a get you high and then crash. It's more of a performance enhancer, both mentally and physically because of that oxygen, because of that blood circulation effect, dopamine and acetylcholine effect. Yeah, cool. I feel like Europe's Europe's always ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's what the supplement looks like, just so everyone can see it. And then with that alpha um, GPC, so then should we just take it right before a big presentation, or is it something you can take long term? How how should we take it? Um. So again, this is because we've only done short-term studies as far as I know. Um, this is kind of on an as-needed basis, but I personally, when I was researching it, I'm super, uh, because I've never used it um, in practice with patients, to be honest with you, that's how emerging it is. That's how kind of like newly founded it is. I'm excited to use it for myself to see um, if I notice Me a difference. Too. I took this but, out so I could take it. <laughs> yeah. So it does take, when it says fast acting, it's not as fast acting as a cup of coffee. It depends on you and your digestion, anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes to kick in from what the study said. Um, in about an hour, you're kind of at peak utilization in terms of it being in your circulation. Um, but I think at this point, I don't feel credentialed enough or having enough experience to say for sure whether it's as needed or long-term. But based on what I did read and based on its lack of interactions with really a lot of drugs, like medication drugs um, and other herbs, it looks really great for potentially long-term, especially protecting against things like dementia, which I, again, am very, very passionate about. So um, I think at this point, TBD is the short answer, but definitely worth a try and I'm excited to try it, so. Cool. Well, I just popped it. So I'll let you know if I start feeling like a rush. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> um, so among the herbs that are known for improving cognitive function are Bacoba monieri, and you can pronounce that one correctly, Ginkgo biloba, I, saying, I think I'm saying that one right, and then St. John's yeah. wort. So Dr. Jackie, could you just tell us a little more about those herbs? Yes. And so... Each one is going to work slightly differently and the nerd in me wants to go off on a tangent and explain to everybody in detail the mechanism of action of each herb. 
But just know that the active constituents of herbs like Bacopa, Manieri, Ginkgo Biloba, St. John's Wort, Godu Cola is another really good one. Uh, rosemary is a really great one. I used to study with rosemary. There are a lot of herbs that are both neuroprotective, meaning they protect the brain, um, but they also pass the blood-brain barrier. So that means, so a lot of medications don't because we don't want our brain affected by the medication. We only want it to affect our hypertension, let's say, and change our blood pressure or our lipid production. And so, you know, it affects our liver and how we use cholesterol, let's say. Very, you know, very, very few drugs. And this is by design. It's to protect our brain because our brain is like our center system, right? It's our circuit board. And so, the blood-brain barrier is very selective and a lot of these herbs are able to cross it, meaning they're able to affect the brain and how the neurons work. They're able to bring more uh, nutrition and oxygen um, to the brain. And they're able to work on our uh, neurotransmitters that are responsible for how the brain actually functions, especially like St. John's wort, which is uh, fantastic and, and lots of long-term uh, studies on depression right? Instead of SSRIs or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which are very common drugs in people who uh, have clinical depression, anxiety, the combination. Uh, St. John's wort has been very, very helpful for that. So, um, but the other ones you listed like ginkgo and bacopa, again, they, they really do just help the brain function more efficiently and more productively. But I do want to let people know a, the thing about herbs is some of these, especially these that are neuroprotective or work on that cellular level or neurotransmitter level, they take time. So, you know, some people were so used to in our culture taking a pill and like, like with the, the GPC, you might see in 20 minutes a change, but when it comes to herbs, it's, it's really nourishing and it's, it's working for long-term care. So it can take weeks to months to notice differences. And that's where those assessments or that's where tracking is really, really helpful to know if it's making a difference or not. Um, not just subjective, like, oh, how do I feel today? But some sort of feedback to let you know whether you test how fast you can read or type like words per minute, that's a really great indicator. Um, you know, taking, um, like logic tests and then taking herbs for three months, taking the same logic test and seeing how you perform. These are all really great ways to know that the herbs are working, but I just noticed in clinic, uh, clinical practice, and this is for anybody listening out there who's interested, definitely support the use of these herbs, but just patience is key. So this is not a one and done. This isn't a, a run through one bottle in you know, two or three weeks and that's it, I'm good forever. This is really the slow and steady wins the race game with these herbs because of the nature of how they work. They're effective, but they're gentle. So they don't have a ton of side effects and that's part of their magic. That's great, awesome. Abby says she feels like she's watching a TED, TEDx talk. Totally, yes. <laughs> You should do, Dr. Jack, you should seriously do TED. TED Talks. For I sure. can dream, can I? I've always wanted to do TED Talks for sure. Well, I love. We can save TED. clips of this for your audition video. Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, I want to touch on um, L-glutamine, which is a really important amino acid for brain health. So, yes. can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. So it's funny because uh, when people think of L-glutamine, um, like out in the world, I do hear a lot of correlation to brain. Uh, but it actually doesn't work at the brain level. It works at the gut level. 
And as we know, the gut or the brain only functions as well as the gut functions, right? Because the gut is responsible for, uh, and when I say gut, I mean stomach, small intestine, large intestine, the part of the body responsible for breaking down and then absorbing what we eat, right? So if there's inflammation in the gut, we're not going to produce serotonin, which is that happy, healthy mood stabilizer, appetite stabilizer, neurotransmitter, right? We're not going to have a strong immune system. Uh, and we're going to have nutrient deficiencies because the gut at a cellular level just isn't functioning right. So L-glutamine as an amino acid, it's one of, it's, it's very specific to gut epithelium and rebuilding gut epithelium. It is the amino acid responsible, basically the brick and mortar, right? To any damage that's in the gut. Um, and so by giving our gut L-glutamine and taking that in on a supplement, like I have a powder, I'll put it in my smoothies um, every time I have a smoothie because I absolutely love L-glutamine. It's changed. I mean, I had ulcers and chronic like back and forth constipation, diarrhea, bloating after meals and L-glutamine. It did take like nine months, um, but L-glutamine helped rebuild my gut so that I was absorbing what I was eating because I was eating so healthy. I'm like, why do I still feel like crap? It's because the, the machine wasn't working. The fuel was high quality fuel, but the car was just not built right. So I had to work on the actual function or anatomical structure. And that's where L-glutamine comes in, is it actually heals those that gut lining, making the absorption of herbs and supplements and nutrients from food that much more available to go into the bloodstream to get into our brain. And that is how L-glutamine, not directly, but kind of indirectly, is so important for brain health. It's, it's again, the only amino acid specific to gut lining. Okay, wow, that's awesome. Um, we're gonna give away a bottle here, but before we do, I saw another question come in and it's from Gwen. She wants to know, are people who are taking antidepressants of any kind, could herbs like St. John's wort have an adverse effect on that medication? Yes. 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 They potentiate each other. Um, and there are lots of interactions. It's an either, or it is not a combination. Either you're, you're choosing the medication route or the herbal route. Um, when I talk mental health to me is again, very close to my heart, both professionally and personally. Um, and I would never recommend mixing those two. Um, what I do with patients who come into me and say they can't stand the side effects of the SSRI, but it has helped well, certain, you know, uh, hopelessness, self-harm ideologies, right? Uh, we want to keep them safe. That's the first and foremost. So what I do is work with them to titrate down the medication and titrate up the herb. And so eventually they kind of replace each other. Um, and then eventually you can be managed on just herbs and lifestyle stuff alone, but it's slow and steady wins the race. And because it's mental health, we want to be very respectful and very patient and very compassionate to the process because it could be two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, five steps back. Like everybody is so, so different in how they respond to different substances. So if you are considering using herbs instead of or in place of SSRIs, please seek the guidance and counsel of a physician who's experienced in doing that. I usually DOs and NDs have more experience, um, mental health care providers, 
you know, not saying MDs and psychiatrists don't, they just, their sweet spot is medication. That's really, and they're fantastic at what they do, right? So I would maybe consider either an integrative clinic uh, or an ND or DO who has a lot of experience if you are considering using herbs in place of things like SSRI to manage mental health conditions. Awesome, yeah, good question, good answer, so interesting. What, let's talk about a range being fully developed at 25. And, you know, don't a 25 year old and 50 year old essentially have the same brain? What does it all mean? Event, can we, you know, keep a calendar? Uh, can we pay bills, you know, manage our time? That's all frontal lobe stuff, right? And so that actually, very recently in the last decade, was shown to, again, we thought it was much earlier, but now we realize it's 25. So. If we're looking strictly at physical development um, on size of the brain, not density and not function of the brain, a 25 and a 50 year old's brain might be similar, right? Assuming the 50 year old didn't have a traumatic brain injury, alcoholism, drug addiction, because we could see shrinking of the brain uh, under those circumstances. But outside of that, let's see, super healthy, let's say for all intents and purposes, 25 and 50 may look similar um, it, simply taking measurements of the brain, but the way the brain functions is what's going to be different at 50. You have significantly more experience. So you'll see stronger, stronger neural nets, especially if you have like a very strong career or you've been doing something for 30 years that you love, those neural nets will light up like Christmas trees at 50 where at 25, they won't light up as strongly because maybe you just started that endeavor or that career, right? So again, if we look at it on paper, the pieces of paper look the same, but what the paper's made of, uh, it might be slightly different between 25 and 50. So um, yeah, it's to me, it's absolutely fascinating that we can still be developing our frontal cortex at 20, you know, while we're still in college. You know, and a lot of people think we're fully formed humans at, you know, that age, but in reality, we're still doing so much important growth, milestone growth in our executive functioning. So it's a very important, very, very important life cycle stage for sure. Hopefully that answered that okay. Yeah. So no, yes, it does, no. totally, yeah. <laughs> I listened to a TED, speaking of TED Talks, I had listened to one on brain health and they were just talking about how it develops up to 25 and the speaker was like, Do, and this might be unpopular opinion, but do not have your kids play football basically because of like the head injuries mm -hmm. and of developing brain. And it just was really interesting to hear, you know, how important well, yeah, it is I mean, to like protect children's heads. It really is. It really is. Not only would I avoid high contact sports, but also, um, you know, there are other things that can affect the brain, um, like households that, um, the child is constantly exposed to secondhand smoke. Um, or households that really use heavily environmentally toxic things. So if you walk into a home and they use air fresheners and plugins and Febreze spray and dryer sheets and perfume and cologne, and you know, these are very noxious and environmental toxicity really dilutes the ability for the body to like clean itself, right? Dump the cup, like we talked about in the detox episode. And so it affects brain cognition because our body can only function and create new cells and connections as clean as the system is. 
you know, and, and all things in moderation, you know, you don't want a system so clean that, you know, a grain of sand will ruin it, but you know, you want it to have what's called adaptability, like the skill to adapt to new scenarios and be flexible. Um, but you don't want to cause more harm than good. And so if you can remove both physical, um, you know, like the trauma potential, like concussions and things like that, um, but the chemical aspect as well, up until about 25, then you're definitely setting your children up for success for sure. I mean, at 18, you know, they're sovereign humans. They are the whole time, but you know, they're, they're seen as legal adults. And so they can decide for themselves, but hopefully you know, we've laid a foundation in the first 18 years to help them make really high quality choices in, you know, when and if they do leave the home. But yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. So interesting. Okay. Well, I hope everyone is enjoying the show. I know I am. Um, if you have questions, make sure you ask them in the chat. You guys have had some really good questions so far. So we really appreciate that. And if you're just joining us, we have Dr. Jackie Leone with us today. She is a doctor of naturopathic medicine and She's here to help answer all our good questions. Also, if you're finding this series help, helpful, make sure you hit that follow button, but you can also follow us on social media. You just have to find at Middle World Herbs, and we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. We're basically on all of them. So check that out. Make sure you hit a follow over there wherever you guys are on social media. We'd love to have you follow us. And you might be wondering, what is this little thing attached to the bottles. Well, this is the Middle World Whisper. This is a really cool charm that comes on every single bottle. It is handmade and it has on it a positive mantra or statement on it. So this whisper says, the mind and body aren't separate. Wellness of one influences the other. So you get a different charm on each one. I think they're super cool and the backstory on them is really interesting too. They um, the founder of the company was inspired on a trip she took to Turkey and she went to es the Asclepios temple, the ruins of it. And this was like an ancient healing temple. And they had this practice where the patients would go through a really dark tunnel and there would be these cracks kind of of light that would come through, but also above the cracks were the healers and they would whisper positive affirmations and mantras and just positive statements to the patients as they slowly walked through the tunnel. And the founder just thought, wow, that's kind of what's missing in the supplement space. We're so focused on the dietary, but we're completely forgetting about the emotional side of healing, which has been practiced for so many centuries, so many thousands of years. So that's how she got the idea to do the whisper and to put this on the bottle. And you can basically like have a moment to yourself while you're taking your supplement to have some emotional healing as well. So it's really cool. And you get to keep this. So you can be a little charm that you keep around your house. You can throw it on, you know, a bracelet, anything like that. So you're going to get that. Another really cool thing about all the products we've partnered with one tree planted. So every single bottle means that a tree is getting planted, which is so cool. So you're not only helping, your body, your mind, but you're helping our planet be better too. So that's really neat as well. So hopefully you guys know all, all that information, but if you didn't know that, now you know every time you buy, you're getting not just 20% off today during the live, but you're also helping reforest um, our planet and get a tree planted every single time. Well, we have one more incredible supplement to share, and that one's mushrooms mushrooms okay so dr jackie what are mushrooms 
and or I shouldn't say what are mushrooms. <laughs> That's not what I meant. What mushrooms are best known for the benefits of cognitive health? I think we all know what mushrooms are. So which ones yes, are best known we all for know. Um, cognitive health? Mushrooms are the best to have at parties because they're really fun guy. Duh. That was an awful joke. <laughs> That's a good but, dad joke. Um, no. <laughs> It was punny, right? Not funny, but punny. Um, okay, so mushrooms are fun guys, we all know. Um, and they are pretty amazing in the way that they work in the body. So when we're talking about different mushrooms that, that show cognitive protective uh, type of constituents or ingredients in them, there really are three standouts. Um, chaga mushroom, is probably uh, in the, the top three. Then we have reishi and then of course, lion's mane. I always remember lion's mane. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's just a really cool looking mushroom because it doesn't have the stem and then this traditional cap, it almost looks like hair growing. And so that's how it gets its name, lion's mane. Um, but those are, those are the three most highly effective when it comes to being nootropics um, and nootropics kind of have the, the catchphrase smart drugs or smart herbs, you know, uh, it's, it's a, it's basically an action in herbs and plants that boost brain performance. And those are the three most powerful nootropics, um, in the mushroom family, at least. And the other herbs we talked about before, like ginkgo biloba, bacopa, these are nootropics as well. Uh, again, because they're neuroprotective and they help with performance of the brain. But in terms of mushrooms, um, we're thinking because they have anti-inflammatory benefits and antimicrobial benefits, they can help with in inflammation, uh, prevent, you know, infection and disease, not just in the body, but in circulation, which again, protects the brain in and of itself. Um, it's known to like boost cognitive function, improve memory, uh, help stabilize mood, um, help with focus and concentration over a long period of time. Um, they can prevent things like dementia and Alzheimer's or protect against those types of things because they're neuro, um, uh, protective and because they help prevent degeneration or the breakdown of nerve cells, uh, brain nerve cells, neurons specifically. But, um, yeah, I think to me, when I think of, if I had to choose between, herbs and mushrooms. I feel like mushrooms are so important. They're just, they're two sides of the same coin. They're both so powerful for different reasons. Um, but mushrooms being again, the nootropic and they actually constituents inside mushrooms have been pulled out and neuroprotective medications have been made pharmaceuticals. So to me, I'm just going to cut out the middleman and go straight to the source personally. And that's, that's really from, I've used them in practice. I've studied them extensively in school and in research. I've used them with myself and I just, I love mushrooms. They are bitter and earthy tasting. Uh, so if you are going to take them, capsules are a great delivery. If you prefer a powder, uh, putting it in a smoothie or juice. But for me, I've tried all the delivery methods and the capsules just like easy. It's just much easier to tolerate for me personally. Um, but yeah, those are the top three. So remember chaga, reishi, and lion's mane. Nice. That's awesome. Well, here's what the capsule looks like for anyone who's interested to see it. Um, and it has all those amazing mushrooms that she was, that Dr. Jackie was just talking about. And it has this like really earthy light brown color and some tiny, small whitish particles, which I assume that the lion's mane right in there. 
So these are veggie capsules, 60 per bottle. And right now on Amazon, they're $2 off. So they're only $13.99, which is like such a good price. Plus you're gonna get an extra 20% off during this live. They're also made here in the United States in a GMP certified and thoroughly tested by third party lab. And Middle World Herbs does microbial, microbial testing, heavy metal testing, identity testing, pesticide and strength testing. So let's talk about the quality of the mushroom supplements for a moment. Some mushroom supplements say fruiting bodies only. And Dr. Jackie, is that a good or a bad thing? So when it comes to fruiting bodies, people are kind of concerned with the anatomy of the mushroom and fruiting body is essentially going to be the cap and then the stalk. And so that's the reproductive structure um, of the mushroom. And a lot of that's where the constituents lie or, or the, the, the magic ingredients, if you will. So I personally really, really love uh, the supplements that have the fruiting bodies um, just for that reason, you know, it's just a higher concentration. So when we, when we talk herbs, different parts of the herb have different effects, right? So, um, a root of the dandelion plant will act differently than the leaf, right? So, uh, elderberry, people know that we're not going to have the root of elderberry. The magic is in the berry. Yeah. It's right there in the name, right? So when it comes to mushrooms, we, we're not really sure, you know, what part, cause we just think of the whole thing. But we really want to focus on fruiting bodies when we're dealing with mushrooms. So to me, it's a good okay, thing. Okay, awesome. Yeah, no, it's great, and it's mostly fruiting. It is fruiting bodies in our supplements, which is so good. Um, Gwen just awesome. said she got her cognitive support and shrooms. Can't wait to get her brain back on track. Yay, Woo! Gwen! Good job, <laughs> so Gwen. I love um, you so yeah. much, Gwen. Well, you deserve it. <laughs> she's my, she's so my awesome. dear, dear friend, and I love her so much, and she's just amazing. And she deserves amazing cognitive health. Shout out to Gwen. Yay. So awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Well, we have time for one more question with you, Dr. Jackie, and then I think we have to wrap up. So um, okay. let's just round up with our mushrooms. Um, like we were saying earlier, it's been known for generations that they have medicinal properties in them, but why are they in the spotlight nowadays? We seem to be hearing a lot about mushrooms. I think... Um... At first it started because we're super uh, focused, I think a lot in like fitness and, and health industries on like more, better, be better, be more, be, you know, achieve and do more. And so we were looking at substances that help us get to that, that next level, whether it's professional athletes, uh, professional acad academics. Um, and when we were just historically really digging back in, into research to find, it was like, oh, we totally missed the boat on mushrooms. And so let's bring that back. And we started with it in the diet, but then when we realized how concentrated they are with their medicinal properties, it was like, we need to utilize this as medicine. Um, and again, just because the United States functions differently than the rest of the world, uh, certain things were pulled and medicines created, but we lost track of like the synergist kind of nature of the plant where it's not just about the the lead actor in the play right it's the whole cast that makes the play so moving it's not about the single instrument in the band it's every instrument that makes the music moving and we forget that in pharmaceuticals and that's the value um, of i think whole herbs like the mushroom that has the whole fruiting body with the cap and the stem we're utilizing the whole plant for not just its you know number one player but everybody on the team is coming to play 
And I think that was just overlooked when we were, uh, you know, a, a few decades ago. But as of recently, they've gained the spotlight just because of how effective they are. And then Harvard and, you know, Oregon State and all of these different institutions um, and universities started studying them and finding how useful they were. And then it kind of just exploded from there. So um, I think we were searching for a solution to a problem and we found it in nature and we found it in mushrooms and then it just kind of caught on like wildfire. And that's how, in my, in my opinion, why they have the spotlight these days. Well-deserved spotlight. It grew like wild mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah awesome. it really um, did. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, I've had reishi tea. Like you see it kind of popping up now in a lot of beverages. There's yeah. coffee that's like made out of mushrooms. So it's really everywhere. So it's super cool. Um, oh, so yeah, cool everyone pick this up. You guys, 20% off. We should what? I said, that's a whole nother issue. The mushrooms and the coffee thing and the adaptogen stuff. Like I love that stuff too. So we should definitely talk yes. about that at some point. We'll talk about that yes, in our we'll stress. Well, we're going to be on, if you guys are just joining us for the first time, we do our lives. Um, we do ours every Friday. So we're on every Friday and then also on Tuesdays too. So lots of opportunities. We have different topics each time. So make sure you guys are following because it's the best way to know. And yeah, I know I'm super into all that stuff too. Um, yeah, well, we're going to wrap up. Dr. Jackie, is there anything else you want to tell people that are watching? Just thank you so much for taking the time to support me and to support us and to learn and just evolve. I love all of you out there and I sincerely appreciate all of your time and energy. I, I can feel it through the electronics. I feel the love and the vibe. So thank you sincerely. Awesome. And I always want to thank you for being our guest. You're amazing. Um, I think my cognitive support is clicking it. I should have taken it before the show, but <laughs> you know, never too late. I'll be like super with it. There's tonight. always next week. Uh, what? There's, there's always next week. Yes, yes, yes. I like taking it during because I'm like, oh, this is a great reminder. I should take my supplements. So yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. All right, well, we'll wrap up. I had one dad joke to give you back because you had your fungi joke, which I thought was so cute. And this one has nothing <laughs> to do with mushrooms, but what's the difference? And this, you guys can answer it too. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? And I'll give you guys a couple I have seconds no idea. to think about. Okay, one's a little heavy, one's a little heavier, and one's a little lighter. <laughs> <laughs> You have the dad joke award of the day. You have the dad joke award of the day. Congratulations. Golf that was clap. a cute one, right? My husband said that one that was good. Christmas or something. Was I was good. like, I actually really like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, all right, guys. Well, hopefully you had some fun with our show too. We will see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Hear the whispers from within, battles to restore, ailings to relieve. Feel the nature keeping us, nature healing us, flowers, leaves, and rules within. Hear the mind calming you, soothing you, love and kindness inside out. Let the herbs from middle world heal, welcome wellness, welcome wellness. It's Reveal Herbs, Middle World Herbs.